With almost 30 years of experience in nail services and goals set on national opportunities, Teresa keeps it all together by providing excellent service to her customers. Her commitment to excellence is probably the reason that Teresa's schedule stays booked constantly. In third grade, I used to use Elmer's glue. And you know where the pencils go? Yeah. Uh, I used to make little circles, different sizes. And I made all of my third grade friends nails in third grade. So, yeah, I had a pretty good idea of what I wanted. Featuring music provided by some of today's up-and-coming producers. Music for today's session was produced by Young Gotti and Mark D2. You can find Young Gotti at Young Gotti Beats. That's Young Gotti, B-E-A-T-Z. You can find Mark at Mark, M-A-R-C dot D number two underscore. So sit back, get comfortable, listen, and enjoy the ride. You might just learn something along the way. My name is Teresa Langdon, um, owner and operator of Teresa Dubai Nails LLC. All right, Teresa, tell me, how did you get started? I was working at a factory called Stereo Headphone Factory, and um, I lost my job. And um, when I lost my job, I was like, oh, I'm gonna still keep our nails up, so. I started doing my own nails. I had a nail technician. His name was Bruno, a real popular nail tech too, and a little pricey. So uh, when I lost my job and then I had money to go get my nails and I went to Walgreens and got a kit and I started doing them myself. And then um, I ultimately started doing my mom nails and my sister nails and it just blossomed from there. I used to watch Bruno. He was real creative real creative and I didn't have to go in with ideas or anything. Every once in a while I had some ideas, but I knew what kind of shape and um, length and stuff like that that I wanted. So um, when I started doing my own nails, I kind of had an idea of what I wanted. Um, I also, and this is a funny story, um, in third grade, I used to use Elmer's glue. And you know where the pencils go? Yeah. Uh, I used to make little circles, different sizes, and I made all of my third grade friends nails in third grade. So, wow. yeah, I had a pretty good idea of what I wanted. Yeah, I used to do my own hair and, you know, stuff like that when I was little. And of course, uh, that would have been money that my mom would have had to spend, and that wasn't going to happen. My mom um, raised four of her siblings uh, along with her five kids, so that wasn't going to happen. So, yeah, I had to learn how to do my own hair and yeah, I guess when I think about it, yeah, I was young. But I wasn't introduced to the beauty industry through anybody. It was just something that I just did myself. 
it was a kit from Walgreens and everything came in the kit. So we had the liquid, the powder, well, um, monomer, polymer, we had that, it was in the kit, the nails was in the kit. And um, my natural nails usually grow pretty long anyway. So of course we didn't have gel polish and all the fancy stuff, but my nails was always done. It was always polished. <laughs> so my mom was like, well, do my nails too. So I started doing my mom nails and you know, of course, people would ask her, like, who did your nails? And she would be like, my daughter. And um, I wonder if she'll do mine. So I started doing my mom friends, and I was doing my sisters, and I started doing my sister friends, and it just went from there. I was young. I worked jobs, McDonald's, and, you know, like I said, called Stereo Headphone Factory. I worked little jobs, but when I had my son, I, I didn't want anybody to watch him. I was doing nails out of my mom's house, out of my mom's basement. And um, my mom's friend, Nail Tech, went out of town. Her name was Mona. She asked my mom, do you think Teresa do my nails while my nail tech is gone? And so my mom was like, well, I'll ask her. So I did them. And so once I did them, she went, I mean, she went back to her nail tech, of course. And so Mona was a, a business owner. She, she had a nail shop. Mona asked her, you know, who did your nails? Uh, while I was gone. And she said, a young girl, she's in her mom's basement. She's my um, friend's daughter. And she said, tell her to come see me. And so Miss um, Suss told me, and I thought like, I'm not paying nobody to work at no shop. I can just make all my money here. And um, after after I got so busy at my mom's house, um, it was a lot of traffic and stuff. So. I was like, let me go see, you know, what she talking about. So I went and I met with Mona and she liked me. I liked her. And I started right away. No license, no nothing back then. <laughs> and so I, I, it was so much traffic because I was, I had my own clientele and then I was getting crumbs from Mona table too. And um, I always uh, feel like we like younger nail techs when they, you want to give me all the people that you don't want no honey that's not how you look at it um i'm only one person so it's only so much i can do in one day so if i give you somebody i mean you that's to be a permanent client for you right. you know i can take care of everybody so I, I didn't i never i was young and i didn't look at it like that i looked at it like this is opportunity to have another client this is more income you know i was 20 something and um, I wanted to be with my son. And so I had to make my own hours. At my mom's house, it had already got out of hand, you know, the traffic. And so going to Mona's shop, it just got, it just intensified. It was the good thing though. It was yeah. a good thing though. You know, I, I was 20. I, when I was working with Mona, she would just give me her clients and it just, it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And um, one day I was like, I probably can run my own shop. But I couldn't run my own shop without my license. Mona got a letter and the letter said, um, we've been informed that you have a nail tech working there that's not licensed. She was Asian and she's like, Teresa, Teresa, I'm gonna get in trouble. You're not gonna get in trouble, I'll go to school. And I went to school and I got my license. I still stayed with her for a while. I was with Mona for about maybe like five years. And then eventually I got my own shop. I can have my son, clients would be like, T, I'll hold him, you know, and they will hold him in one arm. I would do that hand and they would switch over and hold him in the other arm. 
establishing a relationship with me, they also established a relationship with my son. A lot of my clients is very close to my son. My son was killed in 2012. My pastor, who is my cousin, Pastor Marlon Locke, said, um, this is one of the biggest funerals that I've ever done. And he's only 22, Teresa. That says a lot about what kind of person you raised. A lot of uh, people was there outside of his age group because they had established a relationship with him as well as me because of my business. I don't think anything that um, I've done was a part of a plan. I mean, a part of God's plan, but not necessarily mine. Like I said, I didn't plan on losing my job, but you go from losing the job to self-employed, you know, but yeah. without without the language for it, because I didn't know what self-employment was then. I just <laughs> knew, just need to uh, do my nails. And right. it just turned into the business. Yeah. Right. I had uh, two clients, uh, Dewana and Internet, and they would just talk, 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 talk. And, um, you know, I'm not a real, real big talker, but mm. they would pull something out of me that I didn't even know I had. So they would be like, everywhere I go, I say, Teresa, do my nails, Teresa, do my nails, Teresa, do my nails, Teresa, do my nails. So I started listening to my other clients too. So I was like, if I ever brand myself, I'm going to make, that's going to be my name, Teresa, do my nails. So that's where the name came from. So tell me this, how do you define success? Doing what you love to do every day, even if you didn't make money from it. So because I started doing nails, not for money. I did it because I wanted my nails to look nice and it just blossomed from there. So yeah, I, I love what I do. Sometimes I get overwhelmed and bombarded. Sometimes I, you know, I hate saying I'm booked. I hate saying I can't. You know, I got people standing in the door look, just staring at me like, so nothing. And I'm going, yeah, because I'm one person. I mean, I got, I go to sleep. I'm battery operated. Like, right. <laughs> can I pay you to come in earlier? Well, honey, if, if I do 12 hour days already and you pay me to come in earlier, so now I'm going to do a 15 hour day. It's, it's a, it's a good problem, yeah. but it still can be a problem, especially at 51. Maybe yeah. if I was 20. Are you ready for a new podcast that will challenge your perspective of Black-owned business? Join host Clyde Anderson, former CNN financial analyst, as he tackles conversations that expose listeners to what it's like when doing business while Black. These conversations are long overdue, so tune in to Doing Business While Black and get a dose of reality. Visit doingbusinesswhileblack.com to subscribe. And Together, we can redefine Black business success and take control of our own narrative. The conversation continues. What do you think has been one of the biggest challenges you've had to face uh, in your career? Not being at home with my um, son and my daughter. is you know, when they got older, missing, missing um, activities at school. You know, even though I wanted to do it initially so he could be with me, but then it was a, it came a time where he wasn't with me because he was bigger and you know he got to do this and, he got, and, and I'm still at the shop. He learned early uh, to, to fend for himself, you know. To and me and my daughter just recently had this conversation too, and I said, "Cool, whatever you need, I always want to be able to do it." And, and she's like, "Well, sometimes I just need you. Sometimes I get to the Sherman Phoenix and I." say, I, I just literally just left. Uh, that's how I feel, you know. Um, we can, I can settle 
for where I am too. And, and I can actually downsize and um, still be okay. Mm -hmm. Still be able to, you know, provide for myself and my daughter. However, it's just so much more that I want. It's just a whole nother level of success that I want. And I, I can't get it hoping and praying. I gotta move. Do you think that the challenges that you face in business will still be challenges if you were white? Probably not. And I don't even consider myself a, a, a racist person or anything like that, but I feel like it's been proven, it's, it's researched and proven that we, even with good credit, can't go to the banks and say, I need 350K, like right. now, you know, and we don't have to go through a whole bunch of red tape and could possibly go through all the red tape and still don't get it. No, I don't think it would be as challenging. No, I don't even, even, and, and this is not a knock to our people, but uh, the prices that I charge, they'll say black nail techs are high. Well, uh, on the east side, they charge more than me. Those are white nail techs. They don't get the kickback that we get. We don't have access to products in the massive amounts that um, our counterparts have, you know, where we can go and buy stuff. I, I pay full price for everything I get. I do buy right. it in bulk, but it's more expensive for me. Yeah. My, when I lost my son, I, I sat down because I couldn't function. And so coming back, I was like, well, this would be a good way to get my name back out here. So without naming the, um, the salon that I went to, they wasn't having a problem getting $90 for um, a full set of nails, you know, with no no nail art, no nothing, just print. And I'm like, hmm. I mean, it was our people coming in there to be serviced. Yeah. So y'all don't give us proof back, but then you don't give these people kickback as if we not worthy of the same dollar. I think that it's a way of, um, it's a mindset for us too. I get it a lot. How much is it for me? Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so one of the girls said to me, T, you something else? And I said, I am? And so I said, well, I think I'm a nice person. Well, right. she says, well, Teresa Langdon and Teresa Do My Nails are two totally different personalities. And I was like, hmm. So I had to think about it. And I was like, well, I guess maybe that could be true. Because Teresa Do My Nails provide for Teresa Langdon and Brooke. So yes, when it comes to my business, I might have a different personality because I want to be respected. I want to be, um, I want to be, um, I, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I want to be taken as a serious business owner. I don't want to, I don't want to get that question, you know, how much is it for me? Because you do, you, you get relationships with these people. You fall in love with these people. I just love my clients. I love my clients. However, I'm still running a business though. I need to be compensated, you know, because if you went right. to somebody else and right. you had and you got the service, you would pay them. Yep. What's what's the what's the difference? On the flip side, what are some of the advantages of being black and being in business? I get access to a lot of my people. I think that it's important for, like, a lot of people ask me, like, uh, the services that you provide to you can go to Brookfield, you can go here, you can go there. But I like the inner city. I, I like our people. I like to service our people. I like the um, the swag of our people. I like I like everything about our people. Um, do I think we could do better? Sure, I could do better myself. 
but I'm saying I don't know a race that can't do better but I just I love our people I want to be around our people and I can relate to a lot of my clients I mean I have I, I, I don't discriminate about who I do but that's just predominantly what I do um, our people and I think that we deserve top of the line service I want it to be like a um like a homegirl service I want right. it to be a professional setting a professional it ain't no we won't upscale everything just like anybody else and i think that um we can raise the bar that's why i wanted to become an instructor so it would be more of us in this industry make me feel some kind of way when somebody asks oh you a nail tech and i go yeah for 29 years actually over 29 years. Wow, I can't believe that I, I never met a black nail tech number one. Wow, because I know a lot of black nail techs. It's enough of us. And I have the, the experience behind me, but I don't have the experience in teaching behind me. So that's my goal now. Uh, but they, they keep pulling me back like multiple times a day. Please consider taking me, you know, in inbox and messenger and email and text messages, you know, um, um, please consider taking one more person, but that's just the thing. I don't have the room for another person. I'm one person, I'm taking, I don't wanna take care of six to seven clients a day. At 51, I actually wanna do about two to three people a day. You know, so in order for me to transition into teaching, I have to let some of my clients go. And that's been a struggle, it's hard. What's the biggest sacrifice you've had to make? My, my kids, my kids, being away from my kids, my time, my time at home, my time with my family, missing family functions or being late for family functions. Um, I'm tired. Yeah, that's probably one of the greatest because we can't recoup time. You know, we, we don't get it back. Why do you keep going? And the fact that my son thought the world of me, you know, um, my, you can do it. My, you can do anything you want. So when I want to give up, when I want to lay down, when I want to, when I want to have a pity party, even about him, because I can get there. I can go there too. I can go there where I want to be sad about him and I want to lay in a bed about him. And I think about him. I think about his smile. I know that it makes him proud that I'm a go-getter you know, and that I'm going to get it. And um, if I don't have what I need, rest assured, I'm not going to rest until I do. So even though banks have turned me away and, and stuff like that, and, oh, I don't have what I need right now, it's not like I'm saying, I'll say, oh, well, I can't have that. No, I'll just have to go a different route then. My daughter is watching me. Um, it's not, if I if I told her I'm gonna do it, then I'm gonna do it. And I'm and until God takes me away from here, I'm gonna make efforts and strides to, to move in that direction until I do. What's what do you think the most valuable lesson you've learned uh, while being or doing business while black? Even though it's hard to do, uh, keeping it professional, uh, it's because it, 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 my services are real, are intimate mm. and face to face and. And before I, before COVID, you know, I didn't have the, um, the plexiglass up there. So we intimate, I'm touching them, we face to face, but you 
have to do everything you can in your power to keep it professional because it's so easy to cross that line. I don't have male clients because I just like to keep it professional. I've had clients ask me, um, well, I, will you do my husband? And I love you too much to do your husband. I'd rather not because I don't want you to come back and ask me, you know, what, what did he say? Right. What, you know, what, what was he talking about? You know, I, I don't want to. Because if I say, oh, he wasn't talking about anything, then you're going to say, so for a whole hour, he wasn't talking about, you know, <laughs> I, I don't want to go through <laughs> Put yourself in that situation, that. right. <laughs> I don't want to go through it. I'm to finish this sentence. In a perfect world, my business would be a franchise. Mm. I would be everywhere. I would clone myself. I would train women. I would train nail techs to not just be nail techs, but to be instructors and pass it on. It's a, it's a fact yeah. that clients drive from like 45 minutes away, um, an hour away. Do you know how many shops they pass to get to me? So I would be, um, I would think that it would be arrogant to say, I'm just this cold nail tech. No, I think that the professionalism, you know, when they come, it's a quiet time with just me. I don't allow kids or company. I've said a million times, uh, I can't take the person off the street, put them in my chair, go in their purse and get their money. You know, God has breathed on my business. He has brought some amazing women across my path. I mean, amazing. I want to be able to bless the nation. Finish this for me. Doing business while black means a level of excellence, going beyond the call of duty, keeping it professional at all times. We have to go a step above everybody else. Teresa, it's a pleasure to speak with you today. Thank you for talking to our listeners and you continue to be excellent. You can find Teresa on Instagram at Teresa Do My Nails LLC. My takeaway is this. Determine what talents you have that could prove to be beneficial to others and develop them. Also be the best at whatever that talent is. Share your talents and customers will find you. There's no time for excuses, just results. Grow where you're planted, do what you can, where you can, when you can. Just remember, you always can. Can't is not an option. This is Clyde Anderson with Doing Business While Black, reminding you that yesterday's a canceled check, tomorrow's a promissory note, and today's the only cash we have, so spend it wisely. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Doing Business While Black. You can find us on the web at doingbusinesswhileblack.com. There is no one to save us but us. Doing Business While Black.